Hej hej och välkommen till Business Talk med Henriette. Det här är er ju stället där vi snackar med dig med råaste damarna ute som står på för att uppnå målen sina i business. Och okej. Idag så har vi med oss en dansk entreprenör. Hur heter Kristin Asad? Men vi har faktiskt valt att snacka på engelsk. Så det här blir första gång i Business Henriette och Business Talks historia att vi kör en episode på engelsk. Så hoppa alla docker som följer med klara och följa med på engelsken och kanske docker också blir lite ja, bättre i engelsk på vägen. Um, jag tänker egentligen bara låt oss köra på. Check ut Instagramen min Business Henriette. Där finner du video av alla inspelningarna och där är er det ju proppfullt med tips och tricks till hur man kan köra på i sin egen business. Låt oss få Kristin in. Welcome to Business Talk with Henrietta. This is a show where we talk with the most up-and-coming female entrepreneurs and figure out how they built the life of their dreams. Today we have a Danish guest with us, Christina Sad. She is the founder and CEO of Legal Up, and last year she reached her first million in revenue. It is one of Denmark's most up-and-coming law firms for startups. She was also recently nominated for the prestigious Berlinske Talent List as one of the most talented leaders of 2021. She's very engaged in helping others to go follow their dream. She has given free legal advice to immigrants and startups and serves now as a board member in Females in Law and started Female Founders Association together with Mike and Poske to empower female entrepreneurs in Denmark. Wow, and that's just like what we're going to talk about now. She holds a master's degree in commercial and business law and personally she is a real go-getter. She works hard for what she wants and describes herself as an entrepreneur by heart. Super excited to have you here. Welcome, Christine. I have no further uh, information to add. <laughs> oh yeah, no, just wrapped up on the on the outside. Now we need to dig a little bit more deep into you as a person. So could you just take us all the way to the start? Where where did you begin? Where how has your journey started? So I found my passion for law and business law while I was in my business law uh, university. And uh, as you also mentioned, I did a lot of uh, volunteer free legal advice. And that also led me to open my own projects, all, own volunteer projects uh, during my university, um, where one of them was a free legal aid for entrepreneurs and also, as you men- uh, mentioned, for immigrants. And so I just, I quickly found out this was very early in my university. It was like first or second semester. So I I mean, I barely just started, but I really saw what legal advice and volunteer work could do in real life. So I saw that we actually could help people um, change their life. It sounds uh, crazy and huge, but we actually could because for immigrants, you know, they came with uh, life, uh, big life questions. And, you know, they felt like their life was depending on, let's say, family reunification or or a situation like that. And for the startup entrepreneurs, you know, this was their little baby. 
and uh, and they had for them huge questions about it but for me and for the rest of the volunteer team it was uh, it was basic legal advising so i just i really found my passion there so i mean even until now one of the biggest um, successes in my career is still my volunteer work you know this is really where i see what big of a, ch a change and difference um, you can do so you help immigrants who wanted yeah. to try out and start up uh, startups in denmark right no so actually it was two different legal aids one where we helped uh, new Danes or immigrants coming from Syria, um, uh, Eritrea, etc., etc., and then another legal aid helping entrepreneurs. Ah, okay. So you mean you help just regular people, not being entrepreneurs, just with legal advice for their their life, basically. Yeah, their foreign law situation. So if they needed to seek asylum or um, residency or family reunification, nothing at all in the same industry as a business law. It's something totally different. But again, um, the joint uh, cause here was to help people and to make a difference for them through legal advising. So we did that both in, uh, in uh, the legal aid for within foreign law and the legal aid within business law. Ah, okay. Now I get it. So you're 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 separating between those two. That's um, yeah. So you you started out with helping other people, and then you got into the business law, and then yeah. your startup started to to yeah. Run. So naturally, because I was studying business law, I knew that my future would be within this field, and uh, also therefore with within my legal aid where we helped entrepreneurs with business law, I was really connected to the startup life not only by making a project of my own but also meeting and seeing and helping all these uh, entrepreneurs and i just i was so smitten and inspired by their passion for their project their idea and i just i felt so at home in this environment and i really wanted to become an entrepreneur myself um, through that so yeah i i really i knew the market uh, with this legal aid so i knew that i would develop this legal aid and make it not make that but make a company inspired from that experience and so this is what i did with uh, what we now call legal up which was like it became my stepstone to my uh, to my current company okay so tell us a bit about, about legal up what how how long have you been running it what what are you doing where are you now yeah so uh, legal up we mainly help uh, entrepreneurs and startup companies usually they're between zero and five years old and what i noticed in my legal aid for entrepreneurs i noticed that whenever we had helped them with basic legal advice they had to you know go to a real lawyer um, a real law firm the traditional way and pay per hour and maybe also pay a lot per hour and they wouldn't really know what would the final uh, price be um, and also they would have to wait for a long time because you know the case treatment usually takes a while um, 
and and those those things I found frustrating myself, but also I saw the frustration um, among the entrepreneurs. So I said to myself, this really cannot be, you know, the current offer in the legal industry. There must be a, a smarter way to do this. I mean, we want more entrepreneurs, but I mean, in order for them to get started and to create a strong foundation, um, they need proper legal advice. And many of these entrepreneurs, they didn't have the budget for the expensive uh, lawyer fees. And also they didn't have the time frame that they would potentially have to wait because it would maybe take weeks or months for them to finish whatever assignment they had. So this intransparency and long waiting time and expensive cost, I just said to myself, I'm gonna make um, a concept which totally disrupt that and, and do it the other way around. So it's fixed prices, uh, full transparency. We help them within 24 hours. And it's, um, yeah, it's quite amazing if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, it sounds amazing. It sounds really amazing. But you're, you're, you're now you're in Dubai. You're living in Dubai and you're sitting working uh, remotely. How, how many are you on your, your, your team? Because it's, it's you and... Yeah, so I'm the founder and CEO and I don't have any partners. So it is, a, I'm a solo entrepreneur. Um, yeah, so that can be a bit lonely, but also it allows me to execute sometimes a little bit faster. So obviously I'm focusing on the good sides, but also naturally there are um, benefits of being more people. So I'm between mm. Dubai and uh, Copenhagen for sure. My company is located in Denmark, in all of Denmark, and we help uh, Danish startup companies and uh, entrepreneurs. So, but the team really um, consists of me, myself and I, and, uh, mm. and also then we have delegated, you know, a lot of uh, different tasks but I do a lot myself. And then the lawyers we have attached to, uh, to the company are freelance lawyers. So whenever they uh, handle a task within their speciality, um, you know, there is a, there is a fee that they, they, they take and we cut the, we, we share the fee. So this is also, yeah, so this is also, you know, I'm very inspired by the future of uh, the workplace of the future. So, um, so I wanted to make a flexible concept, not only for our clients, but also for the, for the lawyers that we, uh, we partner up with. So, um, yeah. So, so how that, that's how you manage to solve the cases that you get within 24 hours, because if it's you only you solving all these cases that would probably be a bit challenging because you have probably a lot of different cases what types of cases are you you solving yeah so that would almost be impossible so not just the challenging but um but not only uh do we have these uh, freelance lawyers we're also partially a legal tech company so that is also why i'm able to sit anywhere in the world and uh, and maintain my company and grow it and work on it etc etc so for me that is the ultimate luxury and this was um this was like um 
a goal for me while having my company and growing my company that I should not be forced to be anywhere uh, physically or geographically. So, um, so that's, that's very, that's a personal win for me. But, uh, but yeah, but by being legal tech, I mean, I'm sure you know the concept, uh, everything is tech today and also the legal industry is, uh, is moving that way. Um, still a little bit slow in the Nordics, but, um, but we're getting there and this is uh, definitely also where we are, um, we're heading. So it's, uh, it's, it's very much a legal tech company. Therefore, we have uh, processes within the company that are automated and which also allows us to help more people with fewer um, human resources. So uh, that way we can, uh, we can um, help a lot with, uh, with yeah. few people. Yeah, so you, you, that's, that's amazing that you're like using technolo technology to, to help you improve and to help more people. That's, that's the only way yeah. forward, I think. But you started this in, what was the year you started Legal Up? 2019. So we just had our uh, three-year birthday, yes. Yes. So, and then, so you did it and then last year uh, you had 1 million in revenue. So when you started, like how, how was it like the first six months when you finally decided to start out? Because you, you don't get that first million in the first year, right? You need to be consistent. How, how was that? Take us back. Yeah. So like for me, it's all about the journey. And it's really as much as it's been at times I've just asked myself, why did I do this? Why did you have to do this? Why did you not just take a job? I mean, you have a good education. Just take a job, <laughs> save yourself all of this. But you know, this is what I love to do. And I love the ups and I also really much uh, love the downs. But the first six months was hard. It was difficult, but I was, um, I was motivated. I was dedicated, which I am still. Um, but yeah, nothing sells by itself. Um, unless you sell ice cream. I mean, so you really have to to get to know how to sell your concept, um, sell yourself, because also selling legal services is very much about trust. And so I also, as a person, as the, as the face uh, on beh and behind Legal Up, I also had to make myself uh, trustworthy uh, to our potential clients. So I did a lot of branding, uh, personal branding, and yeah, that helped a lot. But I've also dedicated many, many hours to that part. And uh, like I said, uh, my team is not non-existing at the moment. So I've really been, I've been doing everything, marketing, sales, uh, you name it. So uh, it was especially tough because the concept was new. And also we offer um, subscription-based legal services. And I mean, this is just, you know, you, you're, you're trying to play with people's brains when you, when you, you know, um, talk about something like that, because they're like legal services on subscription. I mean, okay, Netflix. Yeah, we understand, but like legal services because people are so used to thinking one way when it comes to seeking a lawyer or legal services. So like, why should I sign up for a subscription if I don't know if I'm going to need it? And this is, this is um, usually 
um, the startups and the, the early entrepreneurs thinking like that because they don't know <laughs> how much legal, um, how many legal tasks and assignments they're gonna need uh, throughout their life cyclists within their company. So obviously mm -hmm. now we've existed for three years. So our old customers, you know, the ones that been added for a year, two years, three years or more, they know mm -hmm. that um, subscription-based uh, legal services is not a bad idea. So, uh, no. so yeah. But it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been tough in many ways. But also to me personally, that has been what uh, was you know the most interesting and exciting thing as well, that it was a new concept and uh, it was new and it was disruptive. Um, so even though that also made it much harder, harder, um, it also made it much more exciting. So uh, mm. it's still hard. Yeah, because it was not hard. just the first six months. It's still hard. <laughs> Yeah. So tell us more about like what what's what's uh, what's the most challenging thing you've been you've been coming up to? Like you you were saying you have a lot of challenges. You have a lot of ups and downs. What 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 are the most challenging with with having your own company and also being alone? Like you probably seek advice from from different uh, parts of the world because you cannot do it alone. But but um, what what's most challenging? I mean, so what is the most challenging i mean there are so many things uh, really and and this is like people should know all these things before they start up um because today i feel like there is such a glamorized picture of uh, being an entrepreneur and starting your own business and being independent and all of that but in reality it's really really um first of all hard work but um, many other tasks are hard work but this really tests you personally um professionally mentally physically i mean emotionally it tests you on so many levels and not before you've been there you actually know uh what i'm talking about right now but i will try my best so i would say uh one of the biggest um challenges has been to accept the fact that I can't do it all. But also one of the biggest learnings has been, I don't have to know it all and I don't have to do it all. So really you also realize that sometimes your ego, this is actually also a title of a book I've read, maybe you have to, but sometimes also your ego is, uh, is your biggest enemy. And, uh, and also starting a, a company and being a tr an, an entrepreneur is, uh, is really also very much a personal journey. So you will realize that the person you are and how you think, this is also how you will um, create and, and be about your company. And therefore, you know, you have so many uh, personal and professional uh, learnings along the way. Mm -hmm. All right, so, but I will say that no matter, it's not really about the challenges. I mean, the specific challenges, because there are going to be so many. I can't even count and I can't even, you know, go down to, to each one of them. Uh, obviously, some has been bigger, some has been smaller, you know, but, but uh, what I will say and what, how I handle any challenge and also how I think and feels that many entrepreneurs, they will automatically handle uh, challenges 
is by not focusing on the challenge, but because many entrepreneurs and myself included, we're really problem solvers and we don't really, I don't, uh, at, uh, at least, I, I, you, we don't focus on the challenge. You know, it's more like, okay, uh, how will we fix this? How will we move on from this? So it's really about that because there will be challenges. It's not, a, it's not a, even a question. And uh, there will be uh, lots of uh, downs and uh, also highs. And then it's just, you know, a matter of mindset. And if you have a growth mindset, and that's really um, beneficial if you do, but then just focus on, okay, how will we move on from this challenge? Because from many challenges, you, you get a clearer picture and, and many times the challenges are the ones that will bring the best result afterwards. Obviously, when you're in the challenge, sometimes it's difficult to realize that, but usually after you realize uh, that. So that's probably, uh, that has really helped me a lot because I've had many challenges and I still have and I still will, um, but it's a matter of how you, uh, you handle them and you move on from them. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that it's, it's important to embrace the challenge and then go on and think that think about what you're going to learn from that challenge and not go into, oh my God, this is shit right now. I, I am just having such a bad time. You need to think that, okay, this is good for me and then I can learn something and that will come out as a better, better person on the other side. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's okay to uh, to acknowledge and feel and to realize, okay, this is shit right now. And I feel like shit right now. And that is okay. But tomorrow, I will probably not feel like shit. But today, I want to feel like shit because I work so hard and it's still challenging. And that's okay. But sleep on it. And, you know, afterwards, you will see it much clearer. And then you will move on from that. Because... It's better that you realize the challenges, the earlier the better, because otherwise you would just keep going down a road that would ultimately bring a lot bigger challenge <laughs> for you later mm -hmm. on. So you're saying, yeah, I really like what you said previously, like that, that you had, have to accept that you, you cannot do everything. And that's also, that's okay. So what do you do on a day when you're having a set challenge and you wake up and you think like, oh, fuck, I need to do this or, oh, I don't want to do that. Or you have something swirling in your mind. How, how do you like relax and, and try to find yourself again when you're having those yeah. moments? So I will say, um, motivate, to, to be motivated, that's great, but I'm not always motivated. And also many days and many days in a row, I'm not motivated at all, but I stay committed and I stay dedicated. So this, uh, you know, this wins uh, over the motivation because we can't always be motivated. But before we start uh, any business or get any ideas, you know, we have to ask ourselves how invested am I in this project? How dedicated am I? And how many downs am I going to accept? Because if you have a limit to that, then just don't start. 
it, it's a journey. So, um, so yeah, I'm not always yeah. motivated. I just want to say that. So, but on those days, I just accept the fact that whatever I feel, I feel. But I, I, uh, I try to when I if I feel like a day or a week or a month or just a period is overwhelming, I just try to focus on what is it exactly I need to do and just like break it down because sometimes when you're a founder and in my case a, a single founder so I can't call my partner and say this is on you I mean or another partner and say this is on you I'm, I can't do it right now then I just I really just um, focus on okay what is the actual task I need to do and not I don't have to have the bird perspective at all times I just really now have to deal with this task and then after I'm going to deal with the next task, etc, etc. So this is just like, yeah. you know, breaking it uh, absolutely down. Yeah, that's actually but, a good um, yeah. tip for, for people listening to this podcast. If you're and I, I can totally recognize myself in that, like when I when I feel overwhelmed, I feel I have too much stuff to do. I'm like, oh, I need to do this, 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 this. And then I just start to, okay, calm down, Henrietta. And then I create like this to-do lists and then I prioritize what do I need to do today and what can I wait uh, to do so what what is the key skill that you should develop starting your own company that could be one skill like what 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 do you mean is the most important skill to have when you're when you're a founder well I would I would say I would definitely say that uh, first of all you need to appreciate the journey and the whole journey and don't focus just on the 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 exit or whatever you have in in your plan or your goal you know enjoy the journey because if you can't do that if you can't like acknowledge and uh, and be in the journey at, at every day you know the ups and downs and celebrate the successes and you know give yourself a high five when you deserve it etc etc you know the journey is really gonna be a pain and it's gonna be very long and very boring and not so fun and ultimately if it's not fun what why are we doing it so that is definitely one skill you should have enjoy the journey and then also okay. uh, realize that every setback because you will have setbacks is it only allows you to you know make a stronger and wiser comeback so and this is also what i was talking about before like the mindset where is your mindset because this will ultimately be your best friend or worst enemy along the way so this you have to be able to uh, to develop somehow and then also keep your ego out of the equation I mean, just, you know, it's, it's not all about your ego and, and because I, I, I'm the, I would be the first one to, uh, to acknowledge that too. I also have an ego and I think many entrepreneurs do because, you know, this is our baby, this is our project, this is our idea, our vision. And, you know, it's just, yeah, just no. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course, I, I totally get it because you need to kind of put yourself even though you're working hard on a project, you need to put yourself on the side, uh, to the side because you're working on something uh, bigger. But what is the most important thing to think about before you, you go out on that journey that you're talking about? What, what should you yeah. plan before going out? Okay, now I've decided I want to start my own company. What, yeah. what do you do then? 
Well, I would say I always say um, because we could do this like the legal way or the most the more like just uh, what should any entrepreneur do like with themselves. So I'm gonna focus on that one. Here, my advice is always like make sure that your foundation is in order. And here, I mean, do you have well the capital to start this company? Do you have did you onboard your family, your girlfriend, your husband or wife or children? You know, did you did you like prepare them for this journey that you're going to enter? Because, you know, being an entrepreneur is really a lifestyle and everyone close to you is going to be somehow affected. So just also like prepare them with you. Um, and then also I would uh, say this is where many I think misjudge the situation a little bit they feel like they have a very nice idea or a great idea and this must work etc but like is there actually a market for this idea you know like is the market ready for your idea and what is the the what is the the potential of the in this market so you might have a great idea but is there actually a market for your idea so you have to like validate that and validate the market first um the way i did that was with my legal aid um within business law and startups etc so i worked for uh, three to four years in this uh, industry before so i knew the whole market and i knew that there was a market for it that's actually a really good idea it's a good advice for young girls trying to start out their own companies if they're really interested in one space say now legal the legal space they could start working out as uh, not working out but work in that industry maybe work for free maybe work as an intern or whatever to learn as much as possible about the market and then you can like okay now i'm 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 knowledgeable enough now to go out and do my own uh, research and, and start my journey. Yeah, but I would definitely say um, you shouldn't only just get some experience yourself. Then if you have no knowledge about the market, you should uh, make a market analysis. And if you don't know how to, you know, get someone to help you because it's really um, such a shame if you throw yourself or capital uh, your own all of your money after a project and then after you've spent all the money you realize okay shit there was actually not a market or maybe there was a market but it's not in Denmark or the Nordics you know it should have been in the States or somewhere else so uh, so yeah yeah um, but Okay, so we're headed towards the end. I want to, like, what, what is your, now we've been talking a lot about uh, advice and what, what people should do, but what, what is your, like, best startup advice for young women starting out their own company? Because, it, yeah, tell us. I would say, you know what, so if I was to give myself some advice, like, before I started or, let's say, five years ago, I would say this. And I think this could be very much to any other uh, woman or girl uh, being in the same situation and wanting to start something. Um, first of all, you know nothing. And this might seem offensive, but it's not because I'm, I'm saying it to myself as well. But it's okay not to know any, anything, you will. But just 
know that you know nothing and i really feel like this is the biggest uh, knowledge i have had this day that i knew nothing and i know nothing because when you know that you know nothing this is where you're really um, hungry for knowledge and you will seek knowledge and you will level the hell up so this is the first one <laughs> and then i would say you got this you know have faith in yourself and also it doesn't have to be perfect from the beginning and probably it never will be perfect but i think us women or girls we really want everything to be perfect from the beginning and also i've helped a lot of uh, female entrepreneurs and founders starting up their business and they are so prepared compared to the to the men the men they're more like yeah okay we need this and that okay we're ready the women they're like okay but we also really need to check it 10 times before we <laughs> we proceed and it's okay to be that thorough but you know it doesn't have to be perfect from the beginning you know uh it will be so uh, so that, that's some of them and then like I said also in the beginning, you don't have to do or know everything yourself. And here I'm very much talking to myself as well, um, because there are so many people willing to help you and willing to guide you and share their experience. Um, and just, you know, know that network is potentially your net worth. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that also. I, I, I've been stalking you a little bit before we did this podcast and I see that you're really good at this um, uh, personal branding as you talked about and you have a strong network and, and you're really building that. So, so, so what is your best advice for like, you, you, you've just, you're done with your studies and then you figure out, I don't want to work here. I don't want to do this. I want to start my own. How, how do you get the network that you need? Like, how would you go forward to do that? You know, you uh, you don't build a network uh, overnight, but you have to, again, have the right mindset when it comes to network. You need to, um, you need to be able to think that you want to give a lot, not receive a lot, but you want to give a lot. Because I will tell you, automatically, you're going to receive 10 times more, but you cannot engage with network because with with the sole purpose of you wanting something you know you have to be a giver or a server and then you will definitely uh, get it all back and then i would also say i feel like many uh, newly educated or graduates or maybe still students they especially girls they they feel that they have they don't have a lot of experience to offer or even share on LinkedIn or, you know, they really want to build a network. They really want to maybe make some LinkedIn posts, but you know, you got to start somewhere. And if you have a woman or a female or a male that you find so inspiring, but you're thinking to yourself, they will never speak to me. They will never help me out. They don't have time for someone like me. I mean, why would they? you would be surprised because all that's you know keeping you from a potential conversation and so much knowledge from this person is you limiting yourself from approach approaching them so i would uh, dare anyone listening to you know act on whatever you want and approach this person you know 
write your role model, even if uh, he or she doesn't know that they're their role model, just uh, write them and ask if they would like to have coffee or speak with you. Yeah, that's a, such a good advice because that was actually what I started with before doing this podcast. I start. You think? Oh, thank you. Well, but 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 I started somewhere as well. Like sending my first LinkedIn message to someone I didn't know was like totally nerve-wracking. I didn't know what would they think of me. But everyone has been so so nice to me. I think. I think I only met one that was a male <laughs> who were rude to me and I'm like okay I'm not gonna meet you again that's fine and then I'll go further on and I've learned from that experience and then that's yeah that's all about the challenges that we meet but uh, you where, where, where can we where can we find you if uh, young girls who are into legal tech who wants advice from you how are you willing to help where, where can people find you you know, I, I'm also up for a conversation if, if any person is not into legal tech, but if, if any woman or male is just into, you know, starting a business or maybe, you know, having some ideas or anything. So they can find me on LinkedIn, of course, but also I have an Instagram. Uh, so I'm using those two uh, quite a lot, mostly LinkedIn, but also Instagram. Okay, nice. I'll I'll link to your Instagram and LinkedIn profile in the description below and then people can reach out to you if they want to. But last question, and this is kind of the uh, question that I ask everyone. Uh, if you got 5 million Danish crowner now, what would you do with them? Well, that is a, a very easy question because I am currently uh, raising uh, capital. So, uh, yeah, so I obviously also have already, uh, you know, uh, structured and budgeted, you know, what uh, an amount like that would go to. But I cannot go into all the details, but I can say that um, I definitely need to uh, create a team. So I would need to hire some people in my team. And then also I would, because my company is bootstrapped and it's 100% self-financed. So we have yet not raised any capital. Um, so that's also why the, the 1 million revenue for me was so such a milestone because, uh, you know, we're like a, a COVID company as well. <laughs> so we really um, hit like a, a nerve at that time. But yeah, um, also I would um, do a lot of more uh, delegating uh, tasks that also costs. Um, and then, of course, marketing, because we also still haven't spent any uh, marketing spent or marketing money other than what I have done myself. Um, so yeah, just uh, development, um, also software and uh, in general scaling and growing the company. Wow. So, uh, but th this, leads me, this leads me to another question I'm so curious right now, because how much did you invest yourself before doing the company? Like how much have you invested yourself in terms of money? Yeah, so I was actually very much out of university when I started this company. So obviously it was limited what I could invest, but like I invested all I could. And then I worked one and a half year without salary. That is also an investment. <laughs> Um, and yes. then, yeah, so, so yeah, then you can calculate yourself, um, working full time, <laughs> not having any salary, you know, not knowing whether you will have a salary because suddenly there's a lockdown. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot. 
Wow, but you're so soon you're hiring. How much money are you raising? Do you, can you say that? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's around uh, it's around this amount. Um, so yeah. so in the beginning, it's it's uh, it's it's around this uh, amount that you asked. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then you're gonna hire people in Dubai or in Copenhagen or what's the plan? Yeah. No, it's actually um, because we have like several uh, things we need to uh, to work on and develop. So it's actually gonna be a little bit uh, of everywhere. Um, so, but, but yeah, it's actually a good question because I'm very much fan of uh, the freelance and the digital uh, assistance and all of this. You know, I think I think it's so flexible and so fantastic that you can have so many great awesome and skilled person people um and they're just sitting uh, wherever so we're not mm -hmm. uh, a traditional law firm so we don't need to hire traditionally also <laughs> no that's so, right who, who are you looking yeah. for like in case someone's listening to this podcast and think oh i want to work for christine how how who are you looking for well right now actually i'm looking for a student assistant so that is like uh, this is gonna be this is th this is not what we need funding for or capital for this is what we're hiring now um and then also all the lawyers i have that is not um an expense to me because the the setup and the structure uh, is as it is so it's very scalable and it's it doesn't cost me anything um, so it's actually more the team. So I'm, I'm also figuring this out, finishing my pitch deck and my budget and all of these things. So uh, it's, I don't know, it could be a salesperson, it could be a developer, it could be a, um, an office manager, you know, something like that. But we're still, uh, you know, getting to the, to the details and who is super important to have right now and who would be important to have in the next uh, round. So, uh, so that is what I'm working on. Yeah. Wow, cool. So you're working on that right now. Nice. Okay, last question. Now I've been doing it a long over time, but I'm just so curious right now. Like, what, what was your biggest dream if you're removing all the fear for fa failure? Like, where are you going 10 years from now? Like, wait, where are you? What's your dream? Well, I can also answer that. So, uh, so I would, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm having like an exit strategy uh, with uh, with Legal Up. So, um, so that's one thing. Also, I would love to do much more of uh, board positions, and I would love to be an investor myself in amazing startups. And I really enjoy to speak um, to people. So this is something I would uh, would probably be doing a lot more of uh, when I get a little more free time after this uh, this project. So those are some of the things, and I want to write a book. I mean, stuff like that. Oh wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming and telling your story, your dreams, your goals. It's very inspiring for everyone. Um, yeah, check out Christina Sad and thank you for coming on Business Talk. Thank you so much for having me. Woo! See you next time. Bye. Yes, da var det over. Eh, første engelske episode. Synes egentlig det gikk eh, ganske bra. Hva synes du? Kan ikke du sende meg en melding på Business Henriette Instagram-kontoen? Så eh, si hva du synes. Synes du det var helt forferdelig? Eller var det kanskje bra? Få det litt mer på det internasjonale. Og det gjør jo at vi kan invitere litt internasjonale gjester også utenfor Norge, fordi kulturen er jo veldig forskjellig fra Norge og 
allt vi har där ute i Europa och USA og ja. Så det är er kanske vägen framöver, men send en melding och se si vad du syns. Ellers nytt uka dig vidare och så snackas vi nästa episode. Ha det bra.